What's going on? So we're recording today. Um, Hopefully Podbean doesn't act up because one of us is in a different location. Uh, Uh, Yeah, so I'm had to uh, leave the area for the weekend. Yeah, this probation officer was getting a little, was starting to ask too many questions. No, just kidding, people, just kidding. Now, everybody wonders why we came back from Virginia Beach so quick. Now you know. Oh, dear Lord. Um, so what's today, the 10th? Yep. We're like four days away from the fake holiday. Yep. Um, I mean, I get the other ones, right? Easter, I get that. From a religious point, I guess I get that. Christmas, I get that. New Year's, okay, I get that. St. Patrick's Day, absolutely get that. <laughs> but let's have a holiday to make people go and spend money to prove to people that may or may not really like them and may just be sticking around for the present that you like them. Do you want the religious backing on, on Valentine's Day? Okay. So originally... Oh, is it smoky? Uh, you've got your guardian gargoyle, you're fine. It, 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 listen, so originally... Two minutes into the podcast, and you're already trying to scare me. No, no. So originally, way back in the day, Valentine's Day was indeed a thing, but it wasn't necessarily called Valentine's Day. It had a different name. Sorry, I don't know the name, for those of you who yell at me. Um, but... See, and I didn't write that down because I figured you would. Yeah, well... Get on your shit, Thomas. We'll just call it, um, it was originally known as Witch's Day. So, and on this day, what happened was, it was a mating and fertility ritual. All the nice young ladies would go out and dance around a bonfire hoping to meet their mate. And they would do... Did the guys bring dollar bills? Oh, they didn't have dollar bills back then. They would do all the things to make themselves pretty and whatever and light the fire and put out the good food and the great, great ale. And then, then come at the men. And they would be carrying cobs of corn, make a popcorn. <laughs> Making a rain popcorn, is this what you're telling me? <laughs> um, but once the sun set, the men would come out and they would meet and they would dance and they would mate, potentially fall in love. And be on their merry way. This is the heathen way of doing it. At some point, the Catholic Church said, "Oh no, no, we can't have this. Let's 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 give this day to one of our saints, thus Saint Valentine." And it was a religious day. Uh, I like the old way better. Uh, listen, I think everybody likes course, the old way better. No, I, you know what? It wouldn't work for me because back in the old days, you had to be able to grow like a big tom beard. <laughs> And every, every year I'd show up and they'd be like, sorry, 12-year-olds are not allowed. No, no you just had to bring the shiniest rock and know how to dance. Oh, and you we all know, know how, to how to dance. I get down. Oh, Mike breaks it down. I do. I, you know, like, it's hard. My dance style, I've got, like, my goofing around dance style. But let's not forget, I did grow up listening to the R&B back in the day. I don't crack. My knees don't crack because of football injuries. They crack because I was doing the Tootsie Roll. 
to the left, to the left, to the right. Thank you, Mike. Now it's stuck in my head. Thank you. Hopefully it's stuck in everybody else's head, too. Um, oh, you mean kind of like um, send us an email at mikehasadrink at gmail.com? <laughs> what was that? Is that our email address? You know, um, for those of you that may, may have just missed it, that is uh, Mike has a drink, all one word, at gmail.com. All lowercase, two people. It's lowercase, Mike has a drink at gmail.com. Oh, okay. That's what I've been doing yeah. wrong. Yeah. So, um, and you know what? We're on Facebook, too, Tom. We are. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at Mike has a drink. Um, you know, uh, Tom tries to entertain the masses. Tom, Tom is in charge of the page. Mike, Mike did pop on Facebook for a hot minute. Opened it up, saw, saw an ad, uh, a meme about, first thing I see is a meme about the dollar store. And I said, yeah, I don't fucking miss this place. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the dollar store or Facebook? Facebook. <laughs> and, um, but I was going to try to go live tonight. But, you know, we're all in different locations, so that won't work. But I think... I'm trying to find a calendar. Uh, here's my calendar on this fancy thing. We're going to go live on Facebook Friday, February 24th. All right. Okay. We'll make it like an end of month, last Friday of every month kind of deal. Okay. Um. So, Tom, I'll show you how to do that so I don't have to put Facebook back on my phone. Right. So, um, you know, and that way if, if you do follow us or uh, you are some of the people that have been emailing us, and we definitely appreciate all the emails that we get at. Yeah, I love that. Mike and a drink at gmail.com. Sorry, caught you in the middle of a sip. My bad. Um that's right. We appreciate those emails, but take a second. Even if you don't keep Facebook on your phone, just download it on the last Friday of every month. You can hop on. You can watch the chaos. You can be <laughs> part of the chaos. Send in some questions, and uh, it will help yeah, us. That's the, part that, that's the part I'm looking forward to. It will help us you get distracted. You know because I mean? instead of getting questions at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com, Right. We could be getting them live on the Facebook page. Live on Facebook.com. That Mike has a drink on Facebook. That'll be awesome. Mm -hmm. It'll also be funny to watch them yell at you. Oh, please don't do that. Mike is sensitive. Not really, but Mike Mike's pretending he's sensitive, so no one will yell at him on Facebook.com. Mike has a drink. Or send, him, or, or send at Mike has a drink at gmail.com, Jane. Don't send me the email. Do not send me an email in all capital letters at Mike has a drink at gmail.com. You know, you're going to no, it's all four cat, it's all lowercase letters, people. Even though I at Mike has a drink at gmail.com, I hate to say it, but I can read them when they're, I can read better when they're in all capitals. I'm getting freaking old. Get your glasses. I am next week. Okay. I go from. I just rub maple syrup on the ones you got. Yeah, 
I need bigger ones. Those ones are those ones wear my real estate glasses and they <laughs> make me look smart. What's the rule about when the Christmas tree's rocking? Mm, the cats are knocking. <laughs> um, which is scary because they're both boys. I mean, I'm not gonna judge the cats. They grew up on the street. They they know what they got to do to survive. So our topic this week is obviously we're going to talk about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, right? But before we dive into that, I kind of feel like we've got to talk about what's going on in the United States between the 1920s and early 1930s. Okay. Um, some some ladies got their knickers in a bunch. Uh-huh. Decided that they didn't like the fact that after their husbands got done working at the mill, instead of coming home and making their wives breakfast, they went to the pub. Spent all the money. And got drunk. And all yeah. of a sudden, drinking alcohol becomes a bad thing. The government gets... Uh, that was a little. You know, it always takes just a few bad apples. Mm-hmm. I will say that that was that was a little sarcastic because because we do know during this time the end result of the husbands, some of those husbands going, they were coming home and then and then there was a lot of abuse going on in the house. So right, those guys should not be drinking. Yeah, but instead of prohibition, right? Why not drag those fuckers out into the courtyard square and just fucking shoot them? Why are you going to let those dicks take alcohol away from us responsible citizens? That's all I want to know. Come on, 1920s and 30s. You need to fucking man up. (laughs) (laughs) Because then we would have cut off the uh, illegal solution to the problem. That's true, because then the government poisoned people to control the population. Um, yep. So anyway, so during this time period, though, it, it, that, that movement catches on fire. Oh, yeah. And they banned the distribution of alcohol. Right. And they banned private or um, sales of alcohol at bars and whatnot. Now, if you were really rich, you could still get your hands on alcohol. Yeah, at the pharmacy. Right. Pay your doctor off to uh, write your prescription for it. But for the average person, they can't afford that. Right. And uh, they get innovative. They start making bathtub hooch. They start, you know buying whatever they can off the streets and try to boil it to separate the alcohol. Uh, Using the radiators out of their cars. And the government then now realizes that's a problem, so they start sending out bootlegged alcohol that's laced with poison. Which, um, both of those, um, the ones where the government sent out the alcohol laced with poison and for when the people are running them through their car radiators for the first couple of times, that's where the phrase blind drunk comes from. Very because good, you Tom. could legitimately go blind. Good one. Good one. You hit us with a good fact there, Tom. I'm impressed. 
You might be on your game tonight, brother. It's the whiskey. Hopefully you didn't run it through the radiator. (laughs) (coughs) No, 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 no. This isn't isn't that Canadian swell black velvet. Oh, yeah. I mean, black velvet's been known to cause some damage. Uh, yes, yes it has. I, I, that statement was in no disregard, disrespect to Black Velvet because it has been there a time or two for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like if, if you were a stripper, that could be your name. Welcome <laughs> to the stage, Black Velvet. Come on, ladies. <laughs> and then out comes a chubby white dude with a beard. Well, your beard's black. <laughs> You just gotta let him grow out his hair more so it comes down like his bum, so then it's like a curtain. It would work. No, he's gotta grow his beard down so it's like a curtain. Well, I mean, that would work too. And then after enough <laughs> tips get thrown onto the thing, the curtain pulls back to itself. Oh. So listen, I'm gonna apologize. Uh, Mike, right Mike, you are um very closely describing my last internet movie. I, I mean, never mind. Um, we're just going to change subjects. Oh, no, what was that called? Tom Tom from the Shadows or something. <laughs> Out of, from the dark. Visit. <laughs> so, so listen. Tom, I'm proud of myself today, dude. Oh, yeah? I knew you were going to be on the road. And I was like, oh, man, Tom might not be able to get on and be too drunk, so I better get drunk enough for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I definitely um, did not get a chance to pregame. So I I want you to know I drank three-quarters of a box of wine today. Um, and I definitely have issues with the people that make wine boxes. All right? <laughs> They're fucking liars, dude. They say... You can get 34 glasses of wine from this box. We get 12. I got today. Yeah, that's probably about right. Because I got eight mega pints today before I had to call the witch and ask her to take me to the state store. Hey, you know, I support the cause. Come on, wine people. You should be able to get 20 to 25 mega pints from a box of wine. Step your game up. That's right. Because if not, it doesn't last for Tom and I to do a whole podcast. Hell no, it does not. It doesn't even last for Mike to do a whole podcast. Uh, I resemble that. So, <laughs> um, so that, so we got that alcohol's banned, right? Yes. Right. People still want their alcohol. Big demand for it. So what do they do? Some entrepreneurs say, hey, there's a market for this. We happen to live by the water. Or or if you're from the Atlantic City area, shout out Nucky Thompson. Um, by the water. Water. We're down by the creek if you're from around Western PA. No, it's a creek. It's a creek. E. E-E-K is eek. Creek. C-R-I-C-K. Crick. Okay, but that's not how you fucking spell it. That's what we call it. Crick. Okay, so in Western PA where you can't spell, you do pronounce. When you spell the word incorrectly, then I guess you do pronounce it right. You know, so you're, you're missing your buffer you here. He's not 
physically present, like. No, but he's texting me what to say, so it just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you weren't supposed to say shit, man. I pulled him up in my little um, AIM instant messenger box, and we're communicating. Oh, Mike just Mike just showed our age there a second. <laughs> uh huh. Um. All right. So so people start saying, okay, let's do this, right? So obviously, the people that fall into it initially are criminals. And it, the the not saying they exist or don't exist, but they, they called them the mob. Uh, it freaking takes off, dude. Oh, yeah. Because they've already got some networks in place. Starts booming on the East Coast. They start to expand. The mob's out in Chicago now. And this is where, this is where the Valentine's Day Massacre is going to take place. Um, the two main players in this, or, um, well, wait on before I say that. If anybody knows the answer, you can send an email to MikeHasADrinkAtGmail.com. Or at the Facebook page at MikeHasADrink. Yes. We'll give you a couple seconds to send it in. Okay, I don't see anything. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing you're all listening. We're going to give you some knowledge today. So, the main, the main man... And he's running Chicago, right? This little pudgy dude goes out west. He's pissed off about it that he's out there, but he gets out there and says, Oh, I can take, I can take this over. <coughs> so, I mean, that seems to be like the uh, general consensus among most underbosses. Yeah. But the Teflon Don comes into control, under control here. He has the nickname Scarface, which he hated. He hated it. So it was like, the, I guess it was, I, I don't know, it wouldn't be a nickname. Now. What's that when you call someone something and they're not around? Like a derogatory comment. Um, Mr. Who? Al Capone. It's Mr. Capone. Alfonso Capone. Wait, hold on. Time out real quick. I just want to see if you guys can hear this. Did you hear that? Uh, do it again? Uh, no, that was Tom pulling the cork on his bottle of Knob Creek. You sure? My whiskey. Listen, Tom, we don't kink shame here. No, I didn't sign that waiver, remember? I still kink shame. <laughs> so if you're, uh, you know, you're pulling out of, uh, well, you know, you're pulling something that's plugged in out or whatever. You know, we're not going to judge you there. So, um, <laughs> damn, I've already lost, I've already lost my spot. In my paragraph. Hey, hey, you know what? Um, if you, anybody would like to comment on this, go ahead and hit us up at mycasadrink at gmail.com. <laughs> That's a good segue, Tom. I'm glad I'm glad you snuck that in. So so bootlegging, right? The bootlegging trade provided alcohol to the thirsty people of the United States, right? Right. It but unfortunately put the money in the hands of the wrong people, like I said. You know, <coughs> the mob. 
Although, um, in all fairness, one of America's favorite quote unquote sports was formed from this era. <coughs> mm-hmm. Except NASCAR. Except when they were doing it, they weren't just making left turns. <laughs> Yeah, no, they were doing like the more of the enduro style racing. They were doing that Dukes of Hazard shit, man. Jump in the car, over the bridge into the pond. Launch it, and they go flying over, and they land perfectly, and they don't break any moonshine. And the dumb cops start to slow down before they go over the bridge, and they end up in the in the what's it called? The crick. The crick. They end up in the crick. Um, but I will tell you, you know what, you know what becomes a positive out of this whole period? Uh, Prohibition ends eventually. No, yeah, yeah, but the, the moonshiners, right? Yeah. They, during this time, this is when these guys really protect, pro, pro, perfect their craft, right? Right. Before it was like, eh, hey, yeah, let's go throw some on and we'll have enough for us. Now they're selling it, so they gotta take the edge off. They gotta clean it up. So this, this, this makes these guys just experts in the field, perfectionists. Um, so that, uh, you know what, prohibition, thank you very much. Um, it made alcohol better. Yay. So, and then also during this time period, they, it, it um, becomes less. I mean, what's it called? Like when you have a period, a genre, it becomes like right. a genre in the in the industry, right? In the film industry, about bootleggers, about mobsters, about. Um, so you know that's all cool. Speakeasies become a thing, and I I used to have a condo. In, in, uh, Atlantic City, I was telling the witch before we started, if you've, if you've never watched Boardwalk Empire on HBO, watch it. It's a great show. But where he stayed, okay. it's called The Ritz. And at the time, that was the place to be, right? He had an entire floor. His name's Lucky Thompson. Okay. Has a, an entire floor to himself. Okay. Uh, and he's a politician, but he sees how much money there is to be made, uh-huh. and guess what he becomes? Okay, sir. He becomes in charge of all the bootlegging operations nice. by, by white people Okay. in Atlantic City. He has a rival. His name was Chalkies. I can't remember his name from the show, but... So you got both of them, and occasionally they would bump heads, sometimes, sometimes, but it's whatever. So you got the speakeasies popping up where you sneak in. Do you know there's a, um, a modern day speakeasy down in Butler? Mm-mm. Yeah, they have a cigar lounge and a, like, you have to know to be, like, in, basically, to get in and, and enjoy. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, one of my, uh, work friends was telling me about it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, and then obviously you got the speakeasy, so now you've got jazz hitting the mainstream, right? It used to kind of be 
kind of being like a local scene, but now you're bringing all these famous jazz musicians, musicians <laughs> up to the big cities and they become popular. So, Mr. Capone, right? Anybody that's watched a gangster movie, it's got it. It's it's something about him, right? Um, which ones were there? The Untouchables was about Mr. Capone. Um, I'm drawing a blank now. Andre, there's a whole bunch. Yes. So it's. And the people in Chicago loved him, loved him, because he took care of the neighborhood. He took care of the block. And, and you know, anytime that's how it, that's yeah, that seems how it, you know, that's how it seems to be is, um, you know, these these gangsters, even modern day still will take care of the neighborhood they live in. Mm-hmm. Well, because if you take care of the neighborhood. They're going to hide you. They're not going to tell the cops where you right. are when you're doing shit. And they saw nothing, know nothing. Right. Like, that's the that's way to play it. That's, uh, but you know what? I wish modern-day gangsters dressed like these gangsters. Like, of all the things that should come back, those hats and the men in suits. And you know what? I'll take the ladies in those dresses, too, because that was some classy shit. Like. I wouldn't mind having a little flapper on my arm. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, but it's coming to a head, right? So you got Capone. Anytime he's on TV, anytime there's the reporters, he's this charming guy. All right. But this is also the same guy who, who would make you disappear for looking at him funny. You know what I mean? He was, he was a hardcore dude. But they couldn't prove that he made anybody disappear. Correct. So that that means you're you're wicked smart yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, and even the even even the Valentine's Day massacre never can't be pinned on him. No, it's still everybody knows it was him. It's still technically an unsolved case. Right, because they never caught the mastermind. Yeah. Um. So basically, you got Mr. Capone, right? And then you've got Bugs Moran on the other side. George. They're both fighting for as big of a piece of Chicago as they can get. They're both fighting. I mean, that's a, Chicago was a, and probably still is a big money town. Yeah, you just can't walk around with cash there because it blows out of your hand. <clears throat> Because it's so windy. That's why they call it the Windy City, Tom. You know, I was wondering. I wasn't sure, Mike. I was sneaking in my mic joke. All right, so. Like we said, he was brutal to the opposition, right? He wasn't. Well, I mean, that. He wasn't known for taking it easy on the people trying to take money out of his pocket. I mean, you, if you're going to be king in that business, you got to be. Yeah. 
So, according to some articles, <coughs> the Capone gang, their kill count during this period, they're averaging roughly 64 murders a year. And get with it, or slackers. Because I know you can't tie Al to any of them, no. but like his, his henchmen. Uh, his henchmen, yeah. The, these are the numbers. That's the numbers that they came up with for the people that they've they arrested and eventually started talking. Okay. Um, this guy was making a uh, hundred million dollars a year back in nineteen the nineteen twenties. That's an insane amount of money in the twenties. That's not the same amount of money now. So, uh, Tom definitely just heard gunshots. Well, you're staying in a good part of town, huh? <laughs> the best part of Richmond, apparently. Yeah. So, well, that's not a very good city. Um, so, so obviously, if someone starts fucking with his business... He's going to get a little upset, right? I mean, wouldn't anybody, though? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're probably right. But basically, his, 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 he, the term snuff out your opposition, <laughs> Mr. Capone perfected it. Right, like his picture is in the dictionary next to the word. Yeah. And ironically... That's the whole reason Bugs Moran gets in charge. See how I tied that in? Yeah. That was a good segue. I like that. That was a good segue. Thank you, uh, Mike's Drink for the night. The sweet and refreshing Moscato Sangria wine specialty beverage from Peter Vella Vineyards. It's gluten-free. Um, it's won over 100, your, 100 awards, six and a half bottles of wine in the box. Let's see if this one's bougie and tells us what it pairs well with. No, that must be the $20 boxes of wine. <laughs> but, hey, look, it says it's a blend of sweet wine containing apple and peach. You definitely can taste the peach in this. Is it the same one you got the other day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when I went back this afternoon, I was... Actually, not this afternoon. When I went back at like seven o'clock, seven thirty-eight. So I don't even. I, I don't even know what time is it now. Ten, ten. Ten, ten. All right. So it would have been sometime after between eight and nine, maybe. It's like quarter after eight when I rolled in. Um, I I went and got the three box because I didn't want to mess with the system. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So anyways, Bug Moran comes in charge because he's the right-hand man to Dion O'Banion, okay? And Mr. O'Banion was a florist that made a very good living. He had some side businesses happening. Um, but Al, Mr. Capone, Al Capone, wanted to take over the, his north side liquor trade in Chicago. So he sent some of his boys over to the flower shop to order flowers because another mob boss had passed away and there was going to be a parade. Well, 
They went over, ordered the flowers, and then killed Mr. O'Banion. <laughs> so, uh, Bug, George Bugs Moran moves up to the top. Al Capone didn't like that either. Bugs Moran definitely did not like Al Capone. No, they weren't, they weren't uh, very friendly uh, when they saw each no, other. Definitely weren't, man. War breaks out, dude. Um, and that's an easy time for it because mm. you can have coppers on your payroll. No, they were all on the payroll. They were on either side, one side or the other. They're on the payroll. Or both. I I was watching. Uh, it's, I've, I've read reports that they have been in both pockets, and it depend on it depended on who paid them more that week. Depended yep. on who the police supported. Who handed, hey, look. Who handed money first? Look, I'm oh, gonna tell you, you right great. now. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. If I was a copper back then, they probably made five bucks a week. Uh huh. Right. And if somebody walked up with you, um, to hand me a hundred bucks, dude, what do you need? I saw fucking nothing, dude. Go back to business. Yeah. Here, borrow my gun. Just make sure I get it. <laughs> you need a clean gun? Sure, we'll find one. Let me go to the evidence locker. Ah. Uh. I love the sound of the mega pint killer. <laughs> I say I hear Mike refilling. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified what that was, because you know, otherwise people might be confused. Would they, or would they? They probably wouldn't be surprised at all. So we 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 end up with I don't know. They call this a mass murder. I guess for, there was only seven victims. Yeah, I don't know that that qualifies for mass. So at the time, though, think about the time. Yeah, but like seven, you didn't like you killed seven people. You didn't even kill a whole fucking basketball team. But I think also it's the way in which it was done, because like at the time, and let's be real, it was kind of ballsy, and somebody somebody lived to talk about it. So yeah. You know. So, nineteen twenty nine, February fourteenth, Valentine's Day massacre. All's quiet at Bug Moran's garage, the SMC Cartage Company garage, located at two thousand one hundred twenty two North Clark Street in Chicago. Unfortunately, that's gone. It's been leveled. Right. Um, Would you want a building where a bunch of people died? Talk about places that are haunted as fuck. No, they would have. All those ghosts would have left. No, no. They died a horrible death. They're going to hang out there. No, they were surprised. So they just, to the afterlife. Yeah, now it's just a like a fenced-in lot with a big tree in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now they're definitely at the afterlife. They're not there. I'm telling you, these the, the people were so surprised at the ghosts. <laughs> Um, so his men are at the garage expecting a customer to come in to pick up a huge order of bootleg liquor. A car pulls up. Four men get out of the car. And now this is where some stuff is different. It's, it's, it's minor, but maybe it's not minor. I've read that. Two of them were dressed as police officers. Yes. And they actually um, showed up in a black 
police edition Cadillac. So they hop out and walk over to the garage. Um, you know, um, not that anybody really cares, but it was 18 degrees and lightly snowing at the time. Well, that's interesting. And I know where you're going with that. We'll get to that. Um, so two weeks before, a room was rented across the street at a boarding house. Mm-hmm. Look yeah. right at the entrances to the garage. The guys that were there were <coughs> uh, employees of Mr. Al Capone. Okay. And their whole job was look out this window when you see Bugs Moran go into this garage on the day that we're setting up this buy, you call. Okay. Right. So the one guy gets on the phone, says he just walked in. So here come the here comes the car, here comes the two fake cops and their two sidekicks. And um they go into the garage, they line them all up, and they shoot them a re- ridiculous amount of times. Yep. Uh, now you see um John May, who was one of the ones who was killed. Known to always carry a case in his pocket that had a St. Christopher medal. At some point during the massacre, it was hit by a bullet. Um, it would have saved him, however, the killers made absolutely sure that they were no survivors, and May was found still breathing and finished off shot or point blank with a shotgun. Ooh, that'll end your day. Whew. Yeah, that's not good. So you know the interesting thing about that? They weren't wrong. Bugs was, he arrived, they say, somewhere between five and seven minutes after this. He, he never made it to the garage. Actually. They say he was on the he way. He was on his way, and then he saw cops. So right. He turned around. But, like, he would have been there five to seven minutes mm-hmm. later. Like, mm-hmm. so your timing wasn't so far off had you well, just. Well, and the thing is, one of Bugs's under lieutenants. Was the same build, had the same complexion, could have passed as Bugs Moran's twin. And that's the one that got shot. That's probably some smart thinking. Like, if it wasn't pre-planned, yeah. like, if it was accidental, I would have been like, you look just like yeah. me. Fucker, you're getting hey, my wardrobe. Fair enough. One, listen, I'm taking applications for any um, fat bomb Canadians for when I start my gang. Uh, send me your resume. With a picture, at, so I can tell you, you look like me, so you get shot instead of me. <laughs> at Mike has a drink at gmail.com. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, so, yeah, you're right. He, he was walking, Bugs Moran was walking down the street. It was only two or three blocks away. He got off to a late start that day. Yep. You know, that's kind of, all right, got to pause. Okay. I'm a, yeah, yeah, you know all those stories about all the people that like randomly were not at work on 9 11? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, my train was late. Uh, my baby puked My baby on was me. sick, so I decided not to go. Yep. Or I was two minutes behind and had to catch the next train or, or whatever it is. Yeah. 
I feel I feel like this is this is another instance of that. They kind of call that divine providence. Yeah, I know, but I, we're talking about a mobster. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound religious. Um, but it was like this man who was always on time, always on schedule, got pissed if anybody was off schedule, was, was off schedule that day. And then his second in charge was also off schedule that day. So they were walking. By now the cops are pulling up. They, him and the guy he was walking with turned around, walked, started walking back towards his house. Coming from a side street, his second in charge is coming. And they're like, woo, no, come with us, you know, um, something's going on down the road. We need to, we need to go back to my house, Bugs' house and regroup. So, Basically, they got drilled by Thompson submachine guns, man. The old Tommy gun with the barrel on the bottom. <laughs> you pull that trigger and it could fire 100 shots before you knew it hit you. One of the guys that got hit is the most Frank Goosenberg. That's a heck of a name. It, it is, and they, they probably didn't call him that. Um, but, oh, they probably called him Goose. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. This dude's a killer. I don't know that I call him Goose. No, listen. If your boss says your nickname is Goose, your fucking nickname is Goose, and everybody in the gang's calling you fucking Goose. Like that's how. That uh, works. Goose was thirty-seven at the time of the massacre. Yeah. So um, he was the only. And his brother, boss. Little Goose, was forty. <laughs> So when they get to the scene, there's one guy left, and that's it's Goose. Goose. I refuse to believe that he let people call him Goose. But anyways, he had 14 bullet holes in him. He, he, and the, I'm telling you what, this dude, he's a fucking warrior, dude. Four dude lived for three hours before he finally died. And the cops start trying to question him. Yeah, he says, nobody shot me. Who shot you? Nobody. No one. No one shot what me. What the fuck? You're riddled with that. Legit, that is, like, that's, um, like, that, that's true gangster code, I guess. I mean, like, that's, that's that real shit, apparently. He refused, he refused to give his name to the killers and also to the police. He was, he was adhering to the code of Omerta or whatever. What's that? Is that how you say Omerta. Uh, we're from Canada. We don't have funny words like that. <laughs> you have what? a lot of funny words in Canada. No, we don't. Eh? So basically, <laughs> hey, it's a, it's a code of absolute silence, man. Basically, it's basically today's version of stitches get snitches. Talkers get walkers. So, right up until he dies, not answering any questions, and the last thing he said before he dies is, I ain't no copper. <laughs> that's, <coughs> that's the game. So, 
There is another version of the story. I really hope the first one was true. Okay. What's the other version? It was reported um, that he told the police, police sergeant Thomas J. Loftus that cops were responsible for the killing. Based on his words, some people were led to believe that the deeply corrupt Prohibition era, era police. Rather oh, yeah. Um, in the 20s and 30s, um, Chicago was unanimously, unanimously known as the dirtiest town around. Yeah. It, at its time, it was like called by the papers like the modern Wild West mm-hmm. because of how the right. like, gang fights and stuff were going. And how lawless it seemed because everybody was on the take. Yeah. And then reporters that complained about that stuff usually wound up dead in the river. Yeah. You know? they, they, they would write an article one day and then they were the headline the next day. Um, or they conveniently moved to a sunny location. Um, yeah. Never to be heard from again. Yeah. They moved to Florida. <laughs> or they're under the um, Taj Mahal in Vegas or whatever. So... That in itself, though, leads to eventually will lead to a crackdown on the corrupt police. Right. But it takes for like ever, right? It, it doesn't happen overnight. Doesn't that like not truly root itself out until like somewhere in the mid 70s? And even then, that's still highly debatable. Let's be real. Yeah, anyways, you're right. So, okay, I take that statement back. It didn't do anything to clean up police. So, immediately after the murder, though, you got a couple of guys said, oh, my God, he just said this was cops. If that was true, we're going to assume that that's not what he said. Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to assume because because he is such a warrior, he said nothing. <laughs> All right. So, the cops immediately start thinking, this has to be... Al Capone's, Alfonso Capone's hitman, Jack McGurn. Yeah, because they tried to pin it on Capone, but he was in Florida, I think it said. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah, at the time of the massacre. For Machine Gun, Machine Gun Jack. <coughs> and they start asking him questions, and he goes, don't even make, don't make me laugh. The Gusenberg boys would have plugged me if they saw me a block away. <laughs> like, there's no way. They know who I am. There's no way you're going to, I'm going to be able to describe this. Disguise. Thank you. Myself well enough that I could sneak within a block of them. So, you know, they want to try to arrest him, but nothing ever comes out of that one. Because he does have a pretty strong alibi. He was with his girlfriend, and they were in Florida. So. Hey, um, you know, I, I got to bring up the fact, though. Um, yes, it was violent. Yes, it was gruesome. But apparently it was effective because it was the final confrontation between the two gangs. Yeah. Yeah, and unlike some other ones, at least there's only mobsters. You know what I mean? Yeah, they kind of kept. Or people, people people that were making money with the mobsters. They probably weren't. I don't think they were all mobsters. No, they said some of them were moonshine runners. Associates. 
foot when you crawl in bed with the mob, you run the risk of dying. Yeah, I mean, it's fair enough. It happens. It happens. I've seen, I've seen, um, that one movie with Billy Crystal. City Slickers? No, that had nothing to do with the mob. Analyze no, but it's it. Billy Crystal oh, best movie. Wow. Analyze that. I've seen it. I know what happens. That's why before a stranger walks in my house, I ask them if they're associated with the mob. I didn't get that question. Yeah, but because I checked you out. Of, I, you passed the Facebook test. Oh. You weren't traveling to, like, Italy. I didn't have to. Don't you know which On her page. No, we commune via crystal ball. You don't have to go nowhere. Oh, great. <laughs> great. Hey, you know what it's a great time for right now? What, Tom? Oh, terrible Fridays with Tom. Hold on a minute. I got to get my uh, my little boo things up. Uh-oh. Where? Oh, no. Oh, no. We just have to boo it I live. can't do it. Yes. I forgot <laughs> that. I forgot when you have to lose that. Nope. All right. Go ahead, Tom. You know... Lately, my relationship with whiskey has been on the rocks. Are we supposed to say how come? No. Whiskey on the rocks. Yeah. Are we supposed to laugh at that? Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Let me find the button. Next one. You know, when I was younger, my mom told me I could be anybody I wanted to be. Uh, she failed to mention that identity theft was a crime. <laughs> All right, that's a good. We'll give you the but up, but drum roll. I, I was never in the band. I used to beat band kids up. <coughs> at chess, he means people. At chess, I used to beat them at chess at um, Udo. Because I would make them all draw four, even if I didn't have a draw four. You're going to draw four, that trombone's getting wrapped around your head. I know. I, I know. The baritone, so like. Um, uh, the characters of Mike and Tom on Mike Have a Drink are not the uh, actual personas of Mike and Tom in real life. Yeah, that's because they wouldn't let me play the drums. What did you say? I said your hair looks pretty. Oh, you just hit him with the. These aren't the view. Oh, you yeah. jerk off. Uh, <laughs> now, that actually is the view of Mike in person. <laughs> not not, not the band comment. That the he, Tom's that a jerk, Tom's off. jerk off. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah, that's a real. That's real. <laughs> so, so, ironically, well, maybe not. One day, seven years and one day later, Machine Gun McGurn or Machine Gun Jack was found riddled with bullets in a bowling alley in Milwaukee. Yep. And there was a note with him that said, you lost your dough in handsome houses, but things could be worse. You know, at least you haven't lost your trousers. Okay. I didn't write the note. Don't look at me like that, Um, no, I, I might actually, I might actually have some logic on that. I want to know what the fuck that means. Well, um, let me get there, witch. Um, 
Ooh, he sucks you know, tonight. That's because I can't slug him. You know, sometimes you say you lost your ass gambling. Oh, he beat me out of my trousers. So maybe he just sucked that bad at gambling that he lost his pants in the I poker game, too. Maybe he was shitty and lost all everything he owned. Including his life? Because he was in into it too deep. So, at this point, though, the cops are kind of like, what the hell happened? Who was responsible? So there's another gang that's an undergang of Alfonso Capone's gang called the Purple Gang. <laughs> and you laugh. No, I'm laughing because purple's the color of witches. If your door is uh, purple, a witch lives here. Oh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, the Purple Gang, they were pretty, uh, so pretty violent fellas. Curious, dude. They were, they made, they made Mr. Capone. They did Mr. Capone's dirty work. Okay. Okay. Um, they were immigrants who settled in Detroit in a district called Little Jerusalem. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking they had about. a terrifying reputation locally for a host of crimes. They ran prostitutes, robbery, kidnapping, you name it. Because they were so feared, it made perfect sense for Mr. Capone <coughs> to put him under his wing. Right? Right. So when he starts running his uh, Prohibition era water, we'll call it, into Chicago, it's the Purple Gang that he puts in charge of going up to Canada and bringing, bringing the alcohol back. Okay. Right. So he trusts these people. Because there's no way some, like, some smuck is going to be in charge of that. Because that's where his hundreds of millions of dollars are coming from, right? Yeah. So, at the time of the massacre, a local woman reports that at least three of the Purples rented a room suspiciously close to George Moran's garage, like I said before. And it's possible that he said he hired them to do it, but they 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 know that they didn't go across and do the shooting. Okay. Okay. Some police though believe that Moran's gang crossed the Purples, and Purples were the ones that asked Al Capone. Hey, can we do this? To, can you help us get rid of him? All right. Right. And of course, Capone was ready to jump on it. Yeah, and at the time. The Purples were already under investigation for one other mass murder. No. Yeah. The Mila Flores Massacre of 1927, where it's believed that they killed at least 500 people. Holy heck. How? Like, what did they do? Please tell me you know, because I'm now curious. I don't know. Tom? No idea. I don't even know what he's talking about. Okay. Um, when I go off something. But, anyhow. And then, they kind of get on the track, right? Okay. They, they stumble upon a Mr. Fred Burke. Who's an 
ex-Purple Gang member, but he is a very close friend of Mr. Capone. All right. He was an extremely unpleasant dude. Like, you ever, like, interact with someone and you go, dude, what the hell was his problem, right? Yes. I've got a couple of those at bowling, but I think it's because I get drunk and I'm loud. But anywho, um, <laughs> this dude had, he's connected to multiple murders. He's got a criminal history or a rap sheet a mile long, right? Okay. And ironically, he disappeared right after the massacre. Okay. Like, now, are we thinking that he, different country, escaped, disappeared, or buried uh, at the 50-yard line of Soldier Field next to Capone? Disappeared. He he ran. Okay, okay. So, and he was known for dressing as a policeman when he committed crimes. Oh. A witness says that they feel like he was there. It took the authorities, the the cops, six, seven months to even start thinking we need to look at him. And it wasn't, the only reason they did was because he shot a cop. (laughs) At a traffic accident. He was in in an accident. The police pulled up. He shoots the the police, right? He was living in, still in, he was in Michigan but he was using a fake name. Oh, wow. They raided his house. They found two what? Uniforms? Nope. Dead bodies? Nope. Okay, I give up. What? What, they shoot? what, do, you, what do they shoot everybody with? Guns. Tommy guns. Tommy guns. And the bullets matched them, were a match to the ones used in the Valentine's Day Massacre. So now they know Tom, Tom uh, not Tom Burke. The hell's his first name? Fred, yeah. Fred Killer Burke. They knew that Fred Killer Burke was there. He gets away and runs again. Makes it all the way to Missouri. 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 Misery. Makes it to misery. He gets turned in by some some suspicious local people. But Fred Killer Burke was never convicted of the uh, Valentine's Day massacre. No? Nope. No, no. But he did go to prison for killing that cop. Well, at least he got jail time for something. Yeah, he served something. You ever hear of uh, Byron Bolton? No. <laughs> How about the American oh. boys? Oh, oh, Freeman just knocked somebody out. Oh, you're watching hockey. It's on in the background, and I'm out of facts. All right, fair enough. Let me check our time. This is weird. Like, my phone is, like, putting itself to sleep today. Oh, I'm good. I still got 30 minutes to hit my people's, hit my peeps with some facts. There you go. Like, um, again, it's another one of those things. It's it, there's already so much known about it that it, it's hard for me to come at my angle on it. I get it. 
But this was your episode, brother. It was, and then I, yeah, I didn't think that one through. I just think it's funny that it's customary to buy your sweetheart chocolates on the day of a, you know, gang execution. Well, you know. What, what better way to celebrate it? Like, this isn't the only murder that's happened on Valentine's Day. What? what are you oh, no, it is not, actually. I'm glad you brought that up, Witch. Nothing says love like murder, right? Like, so back in 2015 in Arizona. Uh, is this going to be creepy? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. Depends how you define. It's murder, Mike. Murder. So, 2015. Uh, yeah, I feel. These, this little old couple. Go, Witch. Do your thing. This little old couple in their 70s. Um. Is having a night. And then the neighbors hear shots. So they call the cops. The cops come and investigate the scene, find two dead bodies. Uh-oh. So they start looking into this. You know what happened? The husband killed the, the husband. husband. The husband discovered that the poop hole was not the loophole. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, <laughs> nice callback, Mike. After talking to the neighbors, looking through their finances, deep diving through their whole lives, man, it turns out they never fought, not once. This wasn't a lover's quarrel. This wasn't some abusive ex, nothing. You know what it was? They were both dying of cancer, and they wanted to die together. And they died on Valentine's Day together. Oh, nothing says I love you like murder. That's right. So listen, if you got a it this year, do the world a favor and die together on February 14th. <laughs> and we'll hang a black heart on the Mike has a drink Christmas tree in your memory. Another one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hearts on that tree. There are. There's, there's uh, 12 green ones. <coughs> I thought they were all black. The green ones are because, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to, are in the Super Bowl okay. in, in two days. Okay. Go Bears! Uh, I, I, I did not know that, Mike. Who's in the Super Bowl in two days? Super Bowl! Okay, I feel that hey. answer, man. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what. Why don't you people mail us your Super Bowl picks at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Not mail. Email us at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Yeah, same difference. No, it's not no, no, no. Those are two no, different things. No, it definitely is different. Wait, Mike no. has a drink at gmail.com is not set up to accept parcel post. No, that's what, what that's what's going to happen when you set up the Patreon page. Yeah, we're working on that. I know. Oh, Lord. I got as far as looking at it going, huh, that's interesting. Huh. I'm sure that's how we do that. I'm like, I'm sure I can screw that up. Uh-huh. Some freaking lady in Thailand will be getting the money. <laughs> no, some oh, dude li- living in Thailand is getting what money. The hell? I sent them money to make this drink, and they haven't done it yet. And meanwhile, we're going, what the fuck? What? This Patreon thing's bullshit. Man, everybody says they're sending us shit, but we ain't getting a damn thing. Well, the lady in Thailand is like, Yahoo! Living like in the Ritz Carlton on the top floor. <laughs> for the. <coughs> Set it up when you're sober. So, Tuesday. Tuesday for those four hours in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 
Byron Bolton was arrested by the FBI in 1935. While in custody, he makes a shocking confession. Oh. He was one of the lookouts at the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh. oh, I wonder what charges they caught him on. It must have been rough if he's committing, he's admitting to that. Right. So basically, most people believe it's bullshit, right? Complete fiction. Right. Um, but he was pretty convincing when he told the story. And the, the basically things lined up. The time frame did line up. So it's kind of like, all right, you're full of shit. You really weren't involved, but maybe you know someone who was. Right, right. Um, so, but according to Bolton, the shooting was committed by Al Capone's American Boys, a group of mobsters with strong connections to St. Louis. According to the Mob Museum. Like St. Louis the city or uh, St. Louis... Um, Gangster movie. St. Louis from Misery. Okay. Misery. Um, According to the Mob Museum, the people that Bolton named were Fred Burke, Bob Carey, Gus Winkler, Raymond Nugent, uh, and there's one other one, Fred Goats. Getz Goats. I don't know. G-O-E-T-Z. Goats. It sounds like Getz. Okay. Leon. Oh, yeah, like Leon Getz from uh, Lethal Weapon. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I apologize. Um, Winkler, Winkler gets killed by the mob later because uh, he talks to the FBI. All the other group members were dead by 1934. Right. Okay. So here's the thing. Some of his confession had some details, some interesting details, right? He mentioned that the crew screwed up because Bolton himself misidentified one of the men at the garage as George Moran. Right. Okay. Rushed in too soon. They shot up the place, Mr. Target. The wives of both Winkler and Getz told almost the same story as Bolton later. Hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe it's not bullshit, right? Okay. So, anyways, you get a mass murder like this. You would have thought, okay, Al Capone involved. We got to bring him in, right? So they bring him in. Okay. Mr. Capone. 12 steps ahead of the cops had an ironclad alibi at the time of the shooting. He was hanging out in the courthouse at Dade County, Florida. He's nowhere near Chicago. Yeah, it's kind of hard to disprove um, an alibi when you're on video footage in a police station. Well, I don't know. They probably didn't have video in it. Did they have video that time? I don't think. Maybe. Not like uh, but, but it does when you're 30. when you're shaking hands with a prosecutor in Chicago in, in Florida. You got the best witness yeah, in good. the world. Like you're good. 
Right. So he met, he met, he traveled down the East Coast to meet with this prosecutor who was investigating the murder of a different crime boss in New York and for some reason wanted to talk to Mr. Capone. George Moran knew exactly who was involved. <coughs> in an interview, the now cruelest mob boss had a few choice words for his reporters. Only Al Capone kills like that. Mm. Yeah, but see, that, that almost seems like it could be like a, a, lo- a pointed statement, you know? Right. So, and then they interview Al Capone. And his response, with a smile on his face, was, the only man who kills like that is Bugs Moran. Right. (laughs) So, basically, you know, it's kind of the end, right? This guy's out of his people now. But uh, Bugs Moran did get a little bit of revenge. He didn't kill one of Al Capone's men. Oh? Basically, they believe it's one of the people that fired on his crew at the scene. But it was never proven that it was Buzz Ryan. I mean, mean, theoretically, it makes sense. But again, it's one of those things that it's very hard to prove, no matter how much sense it makes. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to prove that shit because everybody's crooked. But on the bright side... That's why that's the best time in history. If you want to, like... Get away with some dirty shit. You go back to the 20s and 30s. No, you want to get away with dirty shit? You you go back to when you're a British soldier. You can do whatever you want. Well, that works for you white men in the room, but, like, the rest of us in the 20s and 30s may be the best, best you're going to get. Yeah, it doesn't work for me, dude. I'm from France. They, they were shooting my fucking ancestors. That's fair. They were treating us so bad we snuck to Canada. And then, then the freaking British took over Canada. And we had to go down to New Orleans. That's New Orleans. Down to, Ooh. And not even like a good part. Ooh. We had to go live in the swamps like in Cajun country. Ooh. And wrestle gators. Road trip? Gators. I got a, I got a, off the air, I got a good story about New Orleans for you. Remind me. Okay. I'm, I, if I'm not too drunk. Um, <laughs> So I've heard Bugs, the New Orleans story. It's uh, it's pretty good, which <laughs> Bugs Moran ended up outliving Capone by over a decade. So I mean, at least he outlived his enemy, right? Well, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, is is after that was um like he he was reduced to like a, a petty craft uh, a petty theft crew boss. Uh, yeah, he definitely wasn't. Definitely wasn't as powerful as he used to be. But it's really almost the end of Al Capone, too. Yeah, because, what, shortly after this, isn't that when he gets picked up for uh, tax evasion? Right, so he was never convicted of a crime. Um, Even, you know, and, and, like, he's a cocky, he was a cocky dude. Like, you're not catching me on nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he bragged. He would, anytime they interviewed him, he was bragging about I was shaking the hand of someone in the court in Florida, so it couldn't have been me, right? Right. Right. Um, but President Herbert Hoover takes office. Less than a month after the massacre, 
And one of the first things he did, he he was basically building his presidency on the fact that he was coming after organized crime. Right. That was that was his meal ticket, so to say. Right. So obviously he had to make an example of a powerful mobster. Which is a smart move for the time. Well, if you can do it. Who's smart move if you can pull it off. Who's always in the paper? Al. Alfonso Capone. So Hoover starts putting pressure on people. You need to find some evidence that will link him, link, link him to not lick the slaughter, but <laughs> link him to the slaughter. But nothing stuck. Hey, always remember, Mike, you cannot spell manslaughter without laughter. That's fair. That's fair. But remember, Tom, you only get two dad jokes an episode. <laughs> so they basically they couldn't they couldn't get them on him, right? So now you got that movie, is it the Untouchables, right? Kevin Costner and his crew can't bribe us, we're above it, right? They get their hands on um Mr. Capone's accountant. They find the fact that Mr. Capone has two different sets of books. Uh huh. They get Mr. Capone for tax evasion. In 1931. Yeah. And he's sent to Alcatraz, of all places. Which is famous for both being inescapable and a place that people have escaped from. Yeah, kind of ironic. They didn't really escape. They just, you know, couldn't explain the dead bodies. Yeah. So you threw threw them out. So he ends up going there. Mr. Capone, obviously, like the women, gets sick with syphilis to the point that while he's in Alcatraz, he's so bad, they send him to his retirement home in Florida, and he does. All right. So have you ever heard of a gentleman named Three Finger Jack? I do not believe I have. We skipped to talking about pirates. Yeah. Um, so there's some people still to this day that maintain that Al Capone had nothing to do with this. Okay? Okay. Uh, this guy named Jonathan Eag wrote a book called Get Capone. He puts forward an alternative explanation and even wrote a letter to the FBI in 1935. All right? And oh, and that's what they Probably dismissed it because, you know, hey. Yeah, because they're trying to get Capone, right? Right. He sends sends his letter and says this was a revenge killing committed by William White. White was a hardened criminal known to his associates as Three-Finger Jack because he had a mangled right hand. It's believed that he may have worked with the Gusenberg brothers on a heist at some point. But the Gusenbergs screwed screwed him over, ripped him off, got on his bad side, and then they shot his cousin, William Davern, in a bar fight. Hmm. Curiously, Davern's father was a cop, which might explain why they got such authentic-looking police uniforms. Okay. 
So according to the letter, although White was supposed to be in prison on the day of the murders, he bribed his way out of jail to execute the plot and get his revenge. The version of events does not explain some of the other evidence, so, right? Because obviously there's witnesses saying it was Capone's men. Yeah. But who knows? A little bit of doubt, right? What happens? What happens to everything in this country when something tragic happens? Right? When we were talking about um, Tom, I'm drawing a blank. Dillinger. When we were talking about Dillinger, okay. he got murdered outside the movie theater, right? People were right. Taking, taking handkerchiefs and wiping up the blood. It's okay. Wiping up the blood from that and then cutting the blood into tiny little squares and selling it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And when he was in the morgue, there were three different death masks made of his face. Okay. okay. And then they were sold. So what happens? People make profit. Right. So eventually, somebody in the 50s buys the garage wall where you can still see all the bullet holes. Oh, dang. 57. 57? Yes, sir. That sounds fair. Um, I'll, I'll bowling go, knuckleheads. Alex sucks at bowling. What's up, IT guy? Um, so, uh, I, I believe the guy's name was George Pate. All right. So, what's he do? I'm going to make some money. Sends them on a tour that people can pay money to come and see the bricks that have the bullet holes, have the faint stains of blood. Okay. Okay, no, I'm sorry. I lied to you. I, I thought you were going somewhere else. Uh, 57 was when it was bought by somebody else and leveled. Uh, the whole garage, yeah, but this dude already took that wall. Okay. Um, There's a gangster museum somewhere in Louisiana where you can go see, like, all kinds of memorabilia from that era, like mm. Bonnie and Clyde shit. Yeah. All, all there's, that. There's one in Vegas that's supposed to be out of this world. <laughs> so. <coughs> uh, tour, right? Company what? retreat, Mike? What? I said company retreat, Mike? Yeah, I mean, that might not be a bad idea. We could just reset it, right? Sure, I'm in. Um, perfect. The witch is going to make some money in her pot when she gets home later, and we'll be good to go. So after seeing the world, well, all right, all right, maybe not the world, but at least be, it, it got it toward Canada. Okay. He, he later reassembles them to make a wall in his mobster-themed nightclub. <laughs> Can we go see that? Does it still exist? I I I definitely would if I had the opportunity. I, I can't I can't deny that. That's that's a pretty but, badass. Because uh, by the nineties he falls on hard times. Uh, he decides to sell the bricks, and eventually the mom museum in Las Vegas, where you can still see them today, bought the majority of them. I just want to go to the mobster nightclub. That sounds like the fun. site. The site of the murder, murder in Chicago is now, it says, it, my notes say it's an empty parking lot, Tom. It could be a park. I don't know. 
the tourists still flock there. Uh, um, the article that I was quoting from was from 17. So, uh, so here's 2017. The, so it could might, either have been a lot then or a lot they before. They to park their cars there because they kept getting bullet holes. <laughs> Ghost bullet holes. Listen, hold on. Freaking phone. We're a minute, or we, we're an hour and 20 minutes in. I feel like we actually did a decent job tonight. Yeah. We're, we're pretty on fast. Tom, you need to start calling in more often. <laughs> Damn. That's harsh. If you would call in, I would never have to fire you. You were so focused tonight, Tom. It's the whiskey. Okay, well then you, well no, that's not true because you drink whiskey here and it's a shit show. That's probably because I'm drinking whiskey too. Well no, it's, it's also because, um, we've discussed this before. This is not our favorite way to go because, um, yeah, I think this time went better than the first time I called in. Uh, but, like, it still lacks, like, you know, the chemistry we have in person personal touch. Is that what you miss? It is. Sorry, I had to refill the Mega Pint. I, dude, my wine glass is fucking awesome, dude. It holds 24 ounces. That is <laughs> Which is probably why I only get eight out of the box. Definitely. It's, oh, boy. Uh, Mike, Mike has now drank a box and a half if anybody's keeping score. Um, I do, I do want to say over the last couple of weeks, I've been surprised by some people that I wouldn't think listen to our podcast, but they do. So we appreciate you listening to us, uh, in the car, on your ride to or from home to work. Um, Thank you very much. We are now, we, we, oh, you know what? I probably should have led with this. What? We are now listened to in six and a half countries. Woo! Whoa! Yeah, we went from like England disowned us to now we're listening. He's back. What's his name? Steve. Steve is back. It's because we apologized. Yeah, and and now there's someone listening to us in Spain, which I'm not really sure how that's working, unless they got translate. So um, hola, amigo. In Germany. Okay. Uh, someone in India. Uh, I do not know uh, a traditional greeting. I'm sorry. Uh, I think it's something like pasta curry. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> Mike. And there goes our one listener from India. <laughs> we'll pop it up. We we definitely have a little bit of a growing following in Canada. Woo! We've popped up now in four four or five different providences. Cool. Um, it's all the hockey references, Mike, yeah, or or the maple syrup. Ooh. Unfortunately, it's none of the providences where my people are from, so they need to get their fucking act together. Come on, phone. Um, Mike and technology. Yeah, who invented shit? Hey, um, you you know what? Put your fucking cart back, people. Yeah, put it.
car back. If you're not going to make it to work, call Dare. Um, be, uh, be nice to each other. Hold the door. Smile. Wave. Yeah. Check in on a buddy. Yeah, because you never know. People are going through some shit. So uh, I, I think we're done. Agreed. I feel like we have enough time, though, Tom. You could bring us out with a song. People, we love you. Keep listening. Um, Share it with sh- your friends. We need to grow. Uh, yeah, um, and hit us up at uh, MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Yeah, MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Make sure you share that with your friends. We need to, we need to break that thousand listener mark. What was that again? I didn't hear you. You didn't hear? I'm sorry. No. Let me slow it down. MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Okay. Please share it with your friends. Um, wait, 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 wait. Wait, did you say Mike has a drink at gmail.com or Mike has a drink at gmail.com? No, both of those were wrong because you put a space after Mike. It's MikeHasADrink.gmail.com. Oh. <laughs> All right. There's no pause between the Mike and the has. Okay. All right. Um, help us hit that thousand people mark. And then we may actually be able to afford a Vegas retreat. And some drinks. We have them now. We're drinking in, we're drinking Moscato, Sangria, Sangrila. Wine is gross. Okay, Thomas. <laughs> Slacking. Thomas gross. Ready. Thomas ready. Uh, and then you dropped the phone. Tom, you okay there? No, that's all we have permission to use, so I have to, I have to be real quick. Yeah, all right. I thought maybe you fell off the balcony like Chico. <laughs> no, I, there is no balcony. I can't even open the windows. Oh, Dan, you really are not in a good place. <laughs> I'm on the third floor, though, so that makes me just worry about vampires. Yeah, I mean, did you walk in and it smelled like formaldehyde and uh, duct tape? Um, no, but I did have to be invited in, so that kind of worries me. Okay. Well, best of luck to you. Hopefully, <laughs> you make it back here. Uh, if not, and you have a face for radio, like my mom do. Uh, uh, send us your resume at mikehasadrink at gmail.com. And with that, uh, Jane, we love you. Yeah, sorry, Jane. Hopefully, hopefully we haunt your dreams for the Eternity. next week. At least the next week. You, you told us. Hey, you know, Jane, um, if we are back to haunting your dreams, go ahead and let us know at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. You told us we need to do a better job of telling people how to connect with us at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. I so, think she's regretting it. Yeah, now Jane's, Jane's going to hear this and go, oh, my God, I should have not said anything. Um so, but anyways, listen, if you're struggling, reach out. While we're not therapists, we have done a bunch of dumb shit in our life. So we'll help you get through it. Or if you just need to vent about whatever, we won't judge. Um, and just so you know, before Mike responds, he always checks with the witch to make sure he's <laughs> not saying something wrong. Um, but we are going to run out of time. We're going to wrap it up.